0: This is episode 197 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health, and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your health care. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to share some exciting news that I have a new workshop coming up all about preparing you and your pelvic floor for pushing. So if you're feeling nervous about pushing, maybe you've given birth before and felt unprepared like a deer in headlights when it came to pushing. And I want you to know you're not alone. If you're expecting for the first time and heard from friends that pushing was skipped over in the traditional prenatal class they took, and that they felt like they didn't know options when it came to pushing, and you don't want to feel this way, you may be wondering, yeah, but where do I begin and how do I find up-to-date info about pushing? Now, understanding about pushing options and minimizing tearing is one of the top goals for many of my prenatal physio clients, And those who join my Bumped Birth Method online program. So because of this and knowing up-to-date info needs to be more available, that's why I created this workshop. So what you're going to learn is how to prepare your pelvic floor and pregnancy for pushing. This is going to go beyond Kegels. Perineal massage to prepare mentally and physically for pushing. Types, timing, and breathing options for Pushing. Pushing positions for both medicated and unmedicated options. How to minimize tearing. How your partner can support you during pushing. And questions to ask your care provider during pregnancy. So these are the specific pushing strategies that I go through with my physio clients and in my to Birth Method online program. Now, whether you're giving birth for the first, second, or fifth time, this workshop is for you if you're wanting to skip the overwhelm and get key strategies to help you feel calm and confident when it comes to pushing during birth. So for more information, and if you want to join, it will be coming up on October 2nd. However, there will be a replay for those who sign up if you can't make it live. So head to the link in the show notes or go to prepforpushingworkshop.com to join today. Welcome back to the To Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. And on today's episode, I'll be sharing four key ways to mentally prep for birth. Now, when it comes to preparing for labor, usually the first thing we think of is the physical prep. However, I would say the mental prep is just as important and if not even more important because without doing it, it's going to be hard to tune into all the physical preparation you've done while in labor. And this also applies whether you're thinking of getting an epidural or not, because these four steps are going to help you, even if you're like, yes, for sure, I want an epidural as soon as I can. These four steps are going to be helping you throughout labor until you get your epidural, but also you'll see how they actually apply even once you get your epidural, because there's other factors involved in labor, whether you have a medicated birth or not. So. Let's jump into the first key way to mentally prep for birth. And that is getting an idea about the environment that you'll be birthing in. So if you're planning to give birth at a hospital or birth center, it's going to be a new environment that you haven't been in very much unless you happen to work in this area. I do see um, a number of care providers as well as L&D nurses, whether in my practice or in my to Birth Method online program. So I know if you work in this environment, it won't be new for you. But for a lot of people, it is. And this also applies if you're thinking of having a home birth. Yes, your home is going to be very familiar. However, I still strongly encourage for you to go through this step in terms of where you would be transferred to if you do have to be transferred during your home birth because getting an idea of what that new environment will look like is actually going to help your body when you're in labor. When we go into a a new environment or a new atmosphere that we're not familiar with, our body and our nervous system kind of feels like it's in protection mode a little bit and holds back a bit. So if you can get an idea whether, I mean, right now, where I am, at least, there are no hospital tours. So I really encourage clients uh, to seek out there is on our hospital website here. There is a video um, where an L&D nurse is giving kind of a tour of the unit. So you can get an idea in general what a labor and delivery room would look like, um, the showers, the tubs, the whole floor, um, which can just be really helpful again, because it will make the area even though the first time you'll be there if there's no hospital tour will be when you're in labor but it'll at least make it a little bit more familiar for your nervous system so whether it's videos or pictures um, it just can be really helpful to have an idea what that environment will look like now other things too to look for is you know getting an idea what type of um, like birth tools will be there for you to use. So, you know, asking, will there, will there be birth balls or peanut balls? Are there tubs? Are there showers? Will there, will there be an actual choice in those? Um, and then also even things like dimming the lights can actually be helpful while you're in labor versus the really bright lights. And actually one other thing that can be helpful too from the environment, um, if you're going to a birth center or hospital is actually bringing your own pillow. Because again, it's, it's a piece of something that is familiar to your body being in another environment. So I highly recommend, like I said, checking those out. However way you can, perhaps where you are, there are hospital tours or birth center tours um, that are back now. But if not, see if you can get an idea either through video or pictures um, ahead of time. Now moving into the second uh, way to mentally prep. This is around finding strategies that are going to help you stay in the zone and be able to stay focused through a contraction or a surge so that you're not, um, your body and your brain are not getting ahead of you. So some different examples of this are meditation, so kind of an, an audio track that you're listening to during labor, could also be affirmations and affirmations can either be done um, again through an audio track or some people have their partner or doula say affirmations out loud. Other people like to write affirmations on uh, like cue cards or or posters to have in their um, birthing space. So more of like a visual way to see the affirmations. Other people prefer music. So you may want uh, like a more upbeat labor playlist at a certain point in pregnancy earlier on. And then maybe you want more of a chill music playlist for later on. And then there's other people that just know they prefer silence. So I have some clients who actually bring um, earplugs so that when they're in labor, they can really zone out. Because that's another thing too, is when you're um, birthing in a hospital environment, you don't know all the sounds that are going to be going on, whether it's beeping, Um, Whether hearing sounds from other rooms, like you really don't know the sounds you're going to hear until you're there. So having a few of these options can be helpful. And if you're thinking of listening to whether music, affirmations, meditations, bring um, headphones as well, because then again, you can zone out a little bit more having those in, or you could play them out loud. So those can be great options. Um, Other options are around breathing strategies. So for my clients and in um, my bump to birth program, I talk a lot about this flower bloom breath, which really helps people connect their breath to relaxing their pelvic floor, but really it relaxes the whole body. So by practicing that during pregnancy, it it feels more, uh, Habitual or routine, or it's not something new once uh, they're in labor. So that's one breathing strategy. Another one that can help is an elongated breathing strategy. So for this, I'll have clients uh, just try, wherever they are in pregnancy, I'll have them take an inhale as long as they can, obviously without hyperventilating, and then exhale as long as they can. And we just count like one Mississippi, two Mississippi just to see how long they can inhale and exhale. And then that will give us like a baseline of where they're at. And then I just encourage them each night for one or two minutes before you go to sleep to then practice that. And they're often surprised by the time they get to labor, how long they can inhale and exhale for. And where this comes in handy is In terms of a contraction, it's in the shape of a wave. Now, earlier in labor versus later in labor, the wave might be uh, higher, lower, shorter, longer, Um, but the idea is it does increase and then it peaks and then it goes down again on the other side. So by practicing this elongated breathing, it can really help you um, kind of ride that wave through a contraction. Help you stay grounded versus if you haven't kind of found a breathing technique that works for you. Sometimes what happens is when contractions come and as they get more intense, then we start to get very um, like chest breathing. So very kind of upwards in our body. And that also puts us more into our sympathetic nervous system. So that fight or flight response. And during contractions, what you want to try to do is find. Ways that work for you to get you to that parasympathetic side. So, that more kind of rest and relaxation side of your nervous system that will really be helpful for coping. So, any of the things I just talked about, whether it's meditation, affirmations, music, have your earplugs, but also finding breathing strategies, these are all really helpful also because you can use them in most uh, like labor positions. And especially the affirmations and the meditation, the music, those particularly can be helpful. Uh, A lot of my clients find them really helpful to cope on the drive to the hospital or the birth center, because often in your vehicle, you can't get into maybe the labor position you want. You feel a little bit more confined to, to space of, of the position you can get into. So having something audible or visual that can help you stay really focused, plus the breathing strategies that can make the drive more manageable. Now, one of the things I did want to mention about uh, meditations or affirmations, if you're going to listen to something, is it can be most effective if you listen while you're pregnant. So listening to those audio tracks, for example, while you're going to sleep Versus if you only listen to them in labor, yes, they can work. However, again, your nervous system, like your body, your mind has not gotten used to hearing them. So they may not help you as much get into that deep state of relaxation or or it may not be as quick to help you get there. I know from my personal experience, I listened to meditation uh, and affirmation audio tracks from Hypnobirthing for both of my births. And so I listened to them in pregnancy about halfway in, um, to the end. And I just listened to them going to sleep. I played them out loud and I never heard the end of them. Um, but I knew that that was totally fine. It just kind of, it goes into your subconscious and what's helpful is you're listening to them as you're going into, again, a super deep state of relaxation because you're going to sleep. So when I turned them back on in labor, it just really helped me get back to that relaxation and stay there. And with my first birth, I went back and forth between the audio tracks of the meditation affirmations and music. So I had both and I would just kind of listen to one for a bit and then switch to the other. Whereas with my second, all I wanted was the meditation Affirmation tracks. I listened to one song, um, and then I was like, "No, I want to switch back to the other ones," and that just kept me in the zone. So, to know it might differ between uh, between your births if you've tried this before, or maybe you haven't and you're thinking about doing it for another one. And to also know too, if you're not a person that typically listens to meditations or affirmations outside of pregnancy to still give it a chance, um, because they can be quite effective. Um, So this one I find is quite handy to again, try them out in pregnancy, see what fits for you. Um, And then if it's meditation or affirmations, I highly recommend listening to them throughout pregnancy as well. Now, going into the third way to mentally prep is around listening to a variety of birth stories. Why it can be helpful is you're likely going to hear different experiences and different birth journeys, um, some expected, some unexpected. But you may end up hearing about options during labor that you never even thought were options Or you might hear about interventions that you didn't even know existed or that still exist. So it can really be helpful to hear a variety. And then what you may decide to do is as you get closer to your due date, you may choose to focus on listening to birth stories at that time more towards your preferences. So we'll talk a little bit more about preferences in the next step, but Throughout pregnancy, getting an idea, yes, is medically, if everything is going well with you and baby, what would be your preferences for different parts of labor? And so during those last few weeks, you may want to put yourself in a bit of a bubble in terms of the types of birth stories you listen to. But I do highly recommend when you can or earlier on, listen to a variety, because like I said, you may hear different experiences. And even you may hear positive experiences from birth stories you didn't expect would be positive. And you'll start to see patterns in why those stories are positive. A lot of times, even if birth does not go as you had expected, if you're feeling supported and that you're an active part of your birth and you were part of the decision-making, that even if birth goes in a completely different direction, it can still, on the other side, you end up feeling like it was a more positive experience because you felt supported throughout. So that one's also a key tip to know about. Now, the fourth way to mentally prep for birth is around being educated and gaining knowledge about labor and birth before it happens. So this is understanding different options. So again, going back to the third one with birth stories, you may hear different options you didn't even know were available. Um, Whether it's, you know, different things to use during labor, or different options when it comes to coping through labor. Some people didn't realize that you could use what we call like water therapy, so tubs or showers. But again, if you have an epidural. At that point, those wouldn't be options, but until you have your epidural, those would be options. So things like that are just really helpful um, to be educated on so you know what options you have. Because if you don't prepare for them, you may not even know during your labor what different um, strategies that you could use that are available. And then another thing that's going to help with preferences, I like to use preferences instead of plan, like birth plan. Birth plan just sounds really rigid. And birth preferences are more around, yeah, like what would you prefer, um, pending how things are, are going. So it really helps you have discussions with your care provider and your partner even before birth happens. And then during birth, It will also help with asking questions and also having your partner um, advocate for your preferences or, again, asking questions um, and having discussions with uh, the medical staff um, during your birth. So preferences just can be really helpful to think about ahead of time and writing down your preferences is actually going to get you to Um, look deeper into things as well again different options maybe you didn't know were available and then the other thing around preparing and educating yourself is then it's going to help you ask questions so whether again it could be during your prenatal appointments or potentially during labor itself like it can help you be an active part of your birth versus feeling like birth is happening to you And I do highly recommend whatever point in pregnancy you're listening to this, it's never too early or never too late to start becoming educated and preparing for birth and writing down your preferences and asking questions because it just, again, can really help you go into labor. If you feel educated and know your options, it's going to help you be able to let go more when you're in labor because you know when certain things might be recommended within labor or you know questions to ask if certain recommendations come up. So really, really helpful. However, works for you in terms of preparing and being educated, but I highly, highly recommend. And the sooner you can do it, it's going to give you more time to actually prepare versus waiting until the very end of pregnancy. And with education, there are lots of options. There are starting to be some in-person childbirth courses now. There's lots online now as well. And this was a key part of why I put together my Bumped Birth Method online program that is accessible to anyone around the world. And it's really about not only mentally and physically preparing for birth, but there's also that piece of having a more comfortable pregnancy less pain less pelvic floor symptoms and also that piece around preparing for your postpartum recovery ahead of time that's another part of education that can be really helpful is preparing for your recovery even before you give birth because again that's also going to help you let go in labor knowing that you've prepared ahead for your own recovery for support that can be helpful for you for baby and for your whole family So I want you to let me know over on Instagram, which one of these steps towards feeling mentally prepared for birth that you're going to take this week, because I'm all about you taking action. It's one thing to hear these steps. Another thing is to do them because that's actually how you're going to feel prepared. And I totally get in pregnancy, it's a time that can go by faster than you think. And a lot of people have the intention of wanting to prepare, but you need to take the steps to actually feel prepared. So send me a DM either at holistic health physio or to birth and beyond podcast over on Instagram. And let me know which one of these steps you're going to start doing this week.